So hello, everyone. This is Otessa, and you are listening to Conversations with Hysterical Women. That's Women with an X, the Hysterical Women podcast, where you are all welcome here, friends, allies, everywhere across the rainbow, across the binary. I'm just really glad to have you be here. And this is meant to be a safe space to explore all of the weird things that life throws at us and all of the different ways in which we can be twisted and torn asunder, but also all the different ways that we can come back together. So thank you for listening, and I'm glad that you're here and going to be cheesy, but comment, like, subscribe. I think it's, we live in a culture where we're too quick to give advice and wisdom or, you know, send good energy out to people, good vibes. Instead of doing that, instead of having that quick, immediate response, take a moment before typing it out and actually think about what the person said, tell them that their feelings are valid, that they're allowed to feel like this. It's okay Mm -hmm. to do this. It's okay to take space. Um, tell them to make sure they're taking care of themselves, too. Yeah. Don't just be like, oh, well, if you're looking for a job, um, work at McDonald's. That's what uh, I've been hearing a lot are of. Are you serious? <laughs> yeah. Ugh. Sorry. I'm sorry. I mean, it's at this point, I'm used to it, but my response to it now is, um, you know, if you actually knew me as a person, I have way too many food allergies to actually work in the food industry. And so while you're throwing this very useless advice at me, it's also making you look really, really silly. Yeah. So stop throwing it out there. But it's something that's constantly put like if you go through my Facebook about anything job related, there is someone in the comments who's giving me job advice that I didn't actually ask for. And also you are double major and a writer. Mm-hmm. And I don't see how McDonald's fits into the purview of the things that you enjoy that you are good at i mean i, I like the sweet tea i'll, I'll give me <laughs> but but it's just i think people give out advice without realizing that you don't have to it wasn't advice. asked for yeah <laughs> like if no, no one needed that the screaming into the void thing is super real and i think that there are times when it is self-validating. I've certainly done it on social media, and I and the responses are really interesting. Um, you can have such positive interactions that like reinstill your faith in humanity, and then some really bad ones. Um, and I just try to skew away from those and be like, you know what? But also this. And you were mentioning how when you were taking time for yourself and kind of taking a a time away from screens and a digital detox, but you are now back online and have really vibrant, like cross-platform presence, Um, like web series, zines, Instagram, all of the above, and then your poetry, um, and then your self-expression as well. All of it comes together. How did you find yourself feeling comfortable going back to the digital world and digital representation? Um, maybe it's because I'm a Leo and I like attention. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, well, needed to be seen. Yeah, but it's interesting. There was, I go through so many Instagram, like, reformatting, because I just, I was very methodical about how I did the three images, but I stopped that so I could stop being so obsessive about mm-hmm. my Instagram, and I'd rather focus on my words, my content. Yeah. And that's something that I think has helped because I just wanted a place to share my story, Mm -hmm. share my experience, and just be me. Um, I didn't expect people to like the real me (laughs) and seeing all my facets so openly and 
very well received in some areas yeah. that's nice it's it's actually a really nice feeling that i can be myself and that's accepted but it's also scary the digital space is uh an unbelievable ocean of everything so <laughs> yes <laughs> i i find that i struggle with needing to be ambitious with social media mm-hmm. and then also just still being true to me and so I do things with digital media and expression that both uplift my ambition, but also still keep me as me. It holds me accountable as mm-hmm. well. So what can we do to support you in your mission? What would you like to see people online do? I think that... To be more supportive. If you read something that you liked of mine, if you felt something about my words that touched you, just let me know. That would yeah. be the greatest gift to know that you liked what I wrote or you liked how this was put together. Having a comment, I think, means the world to me. I mean, visually, yes, I can be aesthetically pleasing every now and again, but... Pretty consistently. I, yeah, I don't want to give myself too much credit. I'm like, uh, <laughs> no, I'm going to be like your background hype girl. And I'm going to be like, consistently, but okay. <laughs> <laughs> but it's also fine. Like, I'm also like pro sweatpants. So yeah, that's cool I, I too. My, um, I call them my garbanzo bean moments because, like, right now. <laughs> <laughs> what is a garbanzo bean moment? Um, so without this wig, I have no hair. Mm-hmm. I'm like, you know, straight Wakanda. Like, it's, yeah, and it's freeing. I like that as my most feminine. Um, those moments they're not on social media as often. I, I don't know. Yeah, it's getting pretty hot, so the wig might go. But when I'm myself and when I'm visually presenting, I don't want my visual to be where you stop at. Mm-hmm. I want you to actually engage with the voice, the medium, the story that's like within me. Yeah. And so if you acknowledge that story and go beyond my visual, that means the world to me. Sharing my content is also helpful. Okay. <laughs> um, doing freelance is, it's up and down because I feel like I don't have enough accolades to demand the price that I would want. But I'm getting there. I'm working on it. What sort of freelancing? I do copy editing, copywriting. Um, I even, I think around Valentine's Day, I do like a little poetry thing if you yeah. want to be really like intimate with your partner or friends. I pretty much just sell crafting a creative narrative. That's okay. what I do. So you heard it here, everyone. <laughs> if you need a wordsmith. <laughs> um, no, that's really, that's important. Um, and so I'm going to switch gears a little bit because uh, I wanted to talk. Well, would uh, actually, I'm going to circle back. So would you say that you're that the way that you the story that you tell with your fashion is the entry point into all of the other narratives that you're exploring? And is that like the, the invitation or the spark of interest that provides the lens or the opening for people to know how to approach your world um what do i say i say um it's kind of like a ticket to the island i think is what my fashion would be you get Mm -hmm. a look at it but you're not really engaging with the full of me if you're just looking and hitting the double heart thing yeah you have to go a little bit further if you want the full experience and i think that having the full experience will help you see different perspectives yeah. on various platforms and mediums. So that explains the Jaded Island. Thank you. 
so before I before we get into toxic culture and fandom, because that's something that has been really, really. It's the season for it. It's yeah, con season. So I know. It's getting really heavy, actually. <laughs> so before we delve into that, you had mentioned something about the unfortunate stereotypes about black women are angry and that's one that doesn't go away and i never know like if i say something incorrect please correct me if you feel comfortable but i'm I'm like a big mutt so i'm not enough of anything so i never really know when i can speak or if i can speak or where i can sit because I'm not enough of any one thing. One of the questions that I get at the top five questions that I'm like so <laughs> sick of, what are you? What are you really? And I'm like, oh, do you want my entire 23 and me? Like, just give them the, what's the, um, ancestry.com? Just give them like a little receipt or a little card that says it. Like, here's the answer to your question. Goodbye. Yeah. Like Elizabeth Warren style. <laughs> Here you go. Yeah. And then sometimes I'll like spin it and, Okay, like a mix, like rainbow sprinkles, and sometimes they'll say, "I'm 20% of everything, not enough of anything." That. Do you have a particular question for me? (laughs) Where do you want me to sit now? I think that when I hear that, I'm like, number one, I'm like, well, of course, people who get treated poorly have the right to anger. Like number one. If you haven't walked a mile in someone's shoes, but you can pretty much tell that the shoes hurt, like everyone is entitled to anger. Everyone is entitled to their feelings. Um, And then this whole narrative, it seems like a way of, like we were talking about, like you can only be positive, right? That's not healthy. There's a place for anger. But if you always say, oh, well, black women are angry then that creates this sort of like gaslighting narrative of you can't be angry because then for the culture, it's good, you know, and it's like, no, there are times when the appropriate response is anger. And they're also appropriate. There are times when there are like all kinds of feelings and you should be able to feel any and all of them as needed by what you're experiencing. But um, how, like, how can that narrative be dismantled is it possible because not on you but on everyone who puts that on you like what should they actually be doing when they're wasting their time with this like ridiculous narrative what's so interesting about anger is that anger can come out of so many things you can be happy and that can lead to anger you can be sad you can experience grief and that can lead to anger. Yeah. Anger has many paths that are led to it, and there's different types of anger. I would say that as a black woman who has the being too angry, being too aggressive as a dismissive statement, I would say instead of saying that I'm angry, you start questioning what led to the anger. Question yes. me why. Um, maybe I'm angry because I'm experiencing a overwhelming amount of empathy for people who look like me who have mm-hmm. my skin um i am with them across the entire country i'm with every single black person who's experiencing this all at once we all experience this 
my unfortunate Lyft driver today <laughs> um, said that his friend um, said black people just inherently have PTSD and he was dismissing his friend for saying that. But I was in the back seat thinking like, that's not entirely wrong. Mm-hmm. We're constantly in this like social war zone. Yeah. And we have to experience what each other's experiencing glorified um thrown in our faces questioned um demanded it's everywhere and having that empathy and feeling and seeing these things on a regular basis can make you really freaking angry yeah and it's exhausting i would say that at this point my anger isn't from just you know regular flame broiled (laughs) rage fiery intensity anymore i would say that my anger is from exhaustion at this point because i'm just exhausted being black and not not being okay yeah i think that's also another point um that's really crucial which is that when you have so much stuff coming at you like flying monkeys negativity toxic culture all of the above it takes up so much time that you have no time for yourself You have no time to grieve for yourself or to take care of yourself because you have to deal with all of that other stuff that's thrown at you. There's a different type of anger that comes from grief, and I wish more people explored that. I think that with everything that's been going on with Black Lives Matter and all the political mess, honestly, F Trump. Yeah. (laughs) But um, that type of anger that I think is very unifying across the entire country is anger that comes from grief because we are Mm -hmm. just so sad and we have this sorrow that is like down to our blood yeah that we cannot escape from and that leads to a different type of anger as well Mm -hmm. but i just wish that being angry which is so accepted in every other race i think um should be acceptable for black people to be angry Mm -hmm. we should be allowed to be angry that shouldn't be something that limits us it should be something that tells you that this is part of our strength this is part of who we are as a people this is what drives us to be who we are and fight for everyone yeah yeah that that's another thing the avenging angel oh my god no like (laughs) only certain people get to be avenging angels right just like only like the anti-hero more people should be able to be anti-heroes but for some reason and so actually that might be a good segue into fandom and i was gonna say electra wouldn't she be considered an anti-hero yeah kind of but not really i'm trying to think if we have a really good i mean i also i grew up not with marvel or dc i was following like sandman and tank girl Mm, and death and they were like definitely female like death and they, tank girl they were. They should be classified as antiheroes, but for some reason they're also not. Yeah, because they're like, oh well, that's just like indie. Like we oh, just put that over maybe here. Maybe that's the dismiss- dismissive term that we use for female antiheroes. Yeah, like, just indie. Yeah, it's like, oh, that's niche. Oh man. Um, which is interesting, but then you see the fact that there is a desire, like obviously, <laughs> like. Yes, we like to see stories about ourselves. Oh my gosh, shocker. Like, and we will pay money to go see it. To go see them. (laughs) And we will make them ourselves if anyone would green light it. Like, yeah, all of the above, um, I think are really important. But with fandoms, yes, since we are like fully, con season has started. Con season has started. um, 
I have I could get on my soapbox about toxic culture and fandoms like all day. But Listen, I'm I'm holding up your uh, your fan while you're doing it. Um, before <laughs> I do that, your experiences, your thoughts on this toxic fandoms. I don't know why when it comes to being a fan of anything that we still are of the mindset that men are the only one that can talk about that narrative or that idea or that interest. There are female geeks everywhere. But they have to prove themselves. Which is ridiculous. Yeah. Because, yes, I may not have seen this one thing, but I also might have watched 20 more shows than you, so... (laughs) So, it's not a competition, and I don't need to pass, like, some kind of geek Mensa test to get in here. Also, you pass it. But that shouldn't be a requirement. And I think one of the reasons why it really, really, really bothers me is um, I I can only speak to myself, but I think that this is, I think some people have had similar experiences. Why do I like science fiction so much? Like I go back to the idea of holding up a mirror to society when a society is not ready to actually look at itself and find ways that, what are problems, what are areas to work upon, what is possible, what are we not questioning that we should question, right? And there is a a hope and an egalitarianism and like an incisive cultural dynamic to all of that. 